Hare Krishna. Reading from the Brihad Bhagavatamrita, Volume 1, Chapter 2. No, Book 1, Chapter 2, yes, Text 30. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Parameshti Sutta Shrishta Kintu Swapitaram Hare Anugraha Padam Bidhi Lakshmi Kanta Sutohi Saha. But you should know, O best son of Brahma, that your own father is the true recipient of the favor of Lord Hari. He is directly the son of Lord Vishnu, the husband of Lakshmi, purport. The four Kumaras headed by Sanaka are senior to Narada by age, as are several other sons of Brahma, but Narada is superior by virtue of his pure devotion to Lord Lakshmi Kanta. But even better than the best son is the father, born not from Mother Lakshmi's womb, but directly from the navel of the Supreme Person. Om Ajnana Timarandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Taktu Unmulatamyena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanyamano Bhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Sayam Rupa Kadamayam Tadati Sapadantikam Pancha Kalpa Tarubhyascha Kripa Sindhu Bhayebhacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namah so greetings from the uh, Super Soul Farm. And uh, tomorrow I will head towards a Pumpkin Hollow where we have a nice retreat with Hari Kirtan and Jai Jagannath. And uh, yeah, we have quite a few people coming. That's nice. So this is the Briyat Bhagavatamrita. As most of you have been following the story, you know Narada is searching for the topmost recipient of Krishna's mercy. And if you study the Shastra, what you understand is that there's two stories going on. One is the action story, uh, where a lot of the rasa is contained. And the other is the philosophical story. So let me just discuss the philosophical story. The philosophical story is the theme is that the top most recipient of Krishna's mercy is the gopis. They are parama, dasha, antim. Dasha means the stage. It's like the stage of spontaneous devotion, varana, dasha. So, um, Parama, the topmost unteam. This is what Narada is looking for. And to show the topmost stage, 
you have to show the other stages in comparison. And the other stages in comparison also show the essence. It's described sometimes, bhakti is described to like a, a Raghunuga bhakti is described like a mango. There's a mango and there's a ripe mango. We know that, or the Vedas, there's the Vedas and there's the fruit of the Vedas. The third verse of the Bhagavatam says, Nigama Kalpa Toroa Galam. Nigama, Nigama Kalpa Toroa, the desire tree of the Vedas. Nigama Kalpa Toru, the Vedas, Nigama. Kalpa Toru, the desire tree. Nigama Kalpa Toru, Falam, the fruit. Sukha Mukha, Amrita, Dravyatam, Bhagavatam, Bibhita Bhagavatam. It's the ripened fruit of the Vedic literature. Well, sometimes Prabhupada talks about the, the Bhagavatam. The, the Bhagavatam is like the body of God, but the goal is the smiling face of God, which is the rasa dance, the, the topmost devotion, which is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give. He came to give a special type of devotion an intimate type of devotion that he wanted to experience and he wanted to give. Which is, is, is spontaneous devotion means a relationship that is not rule-based. What do I mean? If you deal with God as a superior, then there's an obligation and duty. And there also has to be a, a, a fear. And, and it's all on the highest spiritual platform when we talk about the love of the resonance of Vaikuntha. But there's a distance, which is part of that love. Reverence is keeping a distance. And there's a fear, I may do something wrong. There's an obligation, I must act in this way. So there's spontaneous devotion. When God comes in his supreme personality, not his position. Position covers personality. He comes in a way to invoke spontaneous love. And that is the mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, to give that type of love to the world. And therefore, Raghunath Das Goswami, when he describes the appearance of Lord Chaitanya, and I've quoted this verse many, many times, Anarpita, never before given, Chirim Chirat, for a very long time, because it's only given once in a lifetime of Lord Brahma, which is 100 times 4,300,000 times two. That's his life. It's going to be described here. Out of compassion in this Kali Yuga, Samarpiyatam, he is given. Ujjatojvala rasam. Ujvala means brilliant, rasam. This brilliant, spontaneous love. Swabhakti Swaham, his own devotion. So that's the story. We see that love and we see that love in a sense ripened, but not exactly because 
there's sweetness and devotion at every level. It's just like a mother loves her child and the child may have a, a romantic partner. The romantic partner may be intense, but we don't criticize the mother's love for lacking that, nor does the mother ever want to become the conjugal lover. It's just a different flavor. But still, <laughs> Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give this love. And it's even described in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, not made weakened by a sense of reverence. And again, we hold these things above our head. So the way this, that's the philosophical story, this, this, this journey of what is pure devotion and how it thickens and how it deepens. Without, it, without a comparison that one is, is on the ultimate platform less. There's just more varieties of intimacy. And the story form, how it goes, is just Narada's search for this, his spontaneous search for this. And, and we know how this storyline is set up in, in, in a beautiful way, because what we're focusing on is what are the characteristics of the highest form of love? And what do people look like when they have it? And what do people say when they have it? And what do people feel when they have it? And we see that love from the perspective because it's a journey and every time Narada goes to one person, that person says, no, this person is higher. And then you get the lens of that next person through the Vaishnav who's pointing to him and saying, I'm not really a devotee, he's a devotee. And you get a complete beautiful description of what that devotee is like. And then Narada goes there and then you see it through his eyes. And pure devotion is one of the few things that is better than its description when you actually see it. It's just like sometimes we have these festivals and they're so ecstatic. And if you advertise them and tell people, it's not even as good as it was. And that's what is like the spiritual world. It can be described even by a pure devotee, but, but, but experiencing it yourself, it, 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 it's, it, it, it's even better. And then, so we see it from the previous devotee, we see it from the devotee, when Narada goes and sees that devotee. And then we see the essence of that devotee's pure devotion, which is his humility. And it, it, it's not, it, it, it's, it's pure, it's true humility. He sees from his devotion, his heart. When you see from the ego, you tend to see people less than yourselves. When you see from the, from the heart, which is generous, you tend to see people who's better than yourself. So the pure devotees on the Uttama platform, on the topmost pl platform, they can intellectually come down to the Madhyam platform to make discrimination, to preach, and to do so many things. But from their feeling, 
when you really have bhakti in the heart, it gives you a vision of yourself in relation to God, which is loved but not significant. And it gives you your perspective to others who are loved and significant. And you're so immersed in this bhav and, the, and this feelings of, of devotion. You're so happy with the head bowed. You're so happy with the hands offering service. That that becomes your consciousness, that becomes your lens. And when you have the mood of service, it's what? You think of others before yourself. They become more important. That's why it said when you go to the spiritual world, you see everyone as guru but yourself. Because you're putting others in the center. How beautiful when we see a Vaishnava. When, see a, when, we, when you see a Vaishnava who's serving others, not only does he not want to be praised, he has no feeling for it. He has no feeling for the center, except taking a position as a service to his spiritual master. But he has no feeling for it. He has a feeling that God and others, I see others before myself. And it's from the heart. It doesn't have to be an intellectual analysis that I am a guru, I am a Vaishnava, I am a Brahmin, I am this. It's not like that. It's a feeling. And whatever qualities that one has that are praised by others, one in his heart knows with certainty Sarvasya chaham hidisani vishto matasmatir gyanam apoanam cha. I am situated in everyone's heart. Krishna says, and for me comes remembrance, forgetfulness, and knowledge. The qualities I have are external to my soul. They're my karma. The inspiration to use them are coming from God in the heart. And as quickly as he gives them, he can take them away. And I have no doubt about that. We have no doubt about that. I'm just thinking personally, like I'm writing. And it's my service. And every week it's impossible. So I know that it's Krishna that's the doer. But others may say, oh, he's so smart. He's able to write something every single day every single week how does he come up with it but if you know from my perspective it's krishna it's certainly krishna but when i look at others i don't see krishna i see them i see their sincerity i see their devotion it doesn't have to be analyzed it's from the part from the platform we see that way as devotees so we're up to the story where Narada points to the king and we see his speciality he has no, he has so much power and so much wealth, but not a drop of possessiveness, not in consciousness, not in reality, as he's given his whole kingdom to the God, to the deities and the Brahmins. 
and he doesn't, when he's praised, he has this vision. God is great. I am loved. I have, I have value being loved by God, but I'm not significant. This is all karma. This has come by his grace. And you're looking at me generously, but if I look at myself in my life, you'll see, you'll see if you think it's such a great position to be powerful and this and that, just see all the intrigue, just see all the envy, just see all my fear. So he points to the demigods and specifically Endra, who has Vamanadev, his younger brother in his court and, and Indra's power. And then Indra says, he just explains, <laughs> he explains his intimate relationship with Vamanadev, his younger brother who stole the Sudharma assembly house, who stole the Parijata flower, who, who built a kingdom greater than his. You know, he goes through all the intrigues of, you know, I have, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, and, 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 I'm always threatened by the demons and they want Bali Marge took over my kingdom. And one time I couldn't even, I went from being so powerful. You think I'm so, uh, I'm the recipient of Krishna's mercy. What, how about when I was thrown out of my kingdom, I didn't even know where I was going to eat and I didn't even know what I can drink. Srila Gorgovinda Maharaj, my illustrious God brother, said, those who are fortunate will be unfortunate and those who are unfortunate will be fortunate. I got a call from one devotee who takes so much shelter of me and his karmic situation is absolutely helpless. It's as bad as anyone I've seen except having a terminal disease. Has a family that he can't maintain. Even though he's working, he can't maintain his family. And a wife who has no appreciation for him at all. And he feels so humiliated. Okay, maybe he's Bill Gates in his next life. <laughs> who knows? And Bill Gates will be him. Those who are fortunate become fortunate. Those are, and so the real fortune, the real fortune is understanding the nature of the eternal soul. So anyway, Indra says, You have to be kidding me. Me? You know what it's like to be Indra? It's just like uh, Tamal Krishnamaraj when Prabhupada said to him, I've told this story before, he was so enamored by Prabhupada's ability, how Prabhupada made this worldwide organization with a bunch of hippies. And not only that, it's not as a worldwide organization, but one that's devotional and has these standards. And how many temples Prabhupada established. <laughs> and the way Prabhupada managed, you know, there were crises. And that was, we, 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 we couldn't, you couldn't call to other places. There was no fax. Or he got a fax fine. It wasn't a fax. I remember when fax first came out, we were enamored. Someone could send over the wire a letter. We were just enamored. But yet Prabhupada made so many temples, so this and Bombay and Bombay and Mayapur and so many devotees and so many books. 
Tamal Krishnamaj, who was very practical, was so enamored, he said, Prabhupada, you should be the king of the world. And Prabhupada said, you manage, I'll advise. So he points to, to, therefore Indra points to Lord Brahma. And now Indra, now we're going to see Lord Brahma from three perspectives. We're going to see it from the eyes of Indra. No, we're going to see it from the eyes of Indra. Then who's telling Narada, I'm not a devotee, you see Lord Brahma. So we'll see it from the eyes of Indra, and right now we'll, we'll hear Indra. Then we'll see it from the platform of, of Narada himself, and then we'll see it from Lord Brahma's consciousness. Consciousness on how you look at your mercy. Because as soon as you feel entitled, there's no mercy in your life. Because mercy is a feeling of kindness and love. And as soon as you feel, I deserve, then you, you cut yourself off from that feeling of God's mercy and love. And therefore, your love for God, because that reciprocation happens. That reciproc we, we feel love. Mother gives love to the child. The child responds. But if the child feels, I deserve, it doesn't matter what the mother feels. It doesn't matter what the mother gives. The child doesn't feel it. And if he doesn't feel it, he doesn't feel that love from the mother. He doesn't feel love for the mother. So if we don't feel that love from God, from a platform of humility, meeting all the challenges of life, and actually seeing it as God's mercy because it's giving us a fruit of realization to bring us to a higher level of consciousness that we couldn't have had. We couldn't have had unless we had that experience. So as we come to that platform of humility, we won't feel God's love from God or for God. So all these devotees who have such attainments, they all have humility. It's intellectual and it's emotional. It's intellectual because they can understand their position in the universe and, and understand clearly prakriti kriyamanani gunai karmani sarvasha Ahankara bhamudhatma kartaham iti manyate. They understand very, very clearly that God is doing, that they're not the doer. It's just so clear they're not the doer. And, and, and emotionally, they feel love. And love should make one like this. Love doesn't make one like this. Love makes one like this. Love is such a, a quantity that you never can feel you deserve that. Because it's not love then. It's a business dealing. 
So even the greatest devotees, they have an intellectual and an emotional understanding. I'm a servant. They don't look at the world through their eyes and everything around them. They look at themselves around God. If you look at everything around you, that's ego. If you look at God as a seer and I'm around him, that's devotion. So, so now he says, he, he says to Narada, you should know, O Besta Brahma, that your own father is a true recipient of Krishna's, recipient of the favor of Lord Ari, is directly the son of Lord Vishnu, the husband of. So I, I, I'm born. Indra says, um, I'm born from Lord Brahma. But Lord Brahma is born directly from God. We don't understand. Sometimes we minimize the position of Lord Brahma because in an immature state, and this is why the second offense of the, the holy name is to not recognize, it, it, to to consider the names of the demigods like Lord Brahma equal or independent. So we just hear equal if we think they're equal, but if we think they're independent, it's also an offense. Lord Brahma is also God. He's, he's empowered by God. It's not an ordinary person, but because there's competition in India between the Shaivites and the, the Shaktis and the Vaishnavas, we look at their Ishtadev as a competitor, rather in relationship to Krishna. And we tend to minimize them. But Lord, we're going to see what Lord Brahma's position is. Yes, yaikasmin dene shakra madrasha shush chatur dasha manvari yukta Yasyascha chapter yuga sahasrakam. In one day of Brahma, 14 Indras like me come and go, along with different sets of Manus and all the demigods. That one day equals 1,000 yuga cycles. A yuga cycle is 4,300,000 years. So 100 is a day, 100 is a night. So 200 times 4,300,000 years is the life of Lord Brahma. So we're talking about an entity at a different dimension. We're starting to transcend this earthly, heavenly platform, Brahma Loka. So Indra lives, there are 14 Indras in a day, so Indra is 1 14th, actually 1 28th the life. Indra lit, lit, lives 72 yuga cycles. So it's just a, another realm of existence. Nishachata vatitamya ho ratranam shatatrayi Shashtutara-bhaved-varsham Yasya-yus-tach 
Shatam Srutam. According to scriptures, Brahma's night is the same direction, du duration, 360. Well, oh, no, that's, wait, his life is, yeah, 360 of such days and nights make one of his years. And he lasts for 100 years. So, no, it's even more. Now, get this with Lord Brahma. 100, 200 times 4,300,000 is one day, times 365 is one year, times 100 years is his lifetime. So our moment is his six, our six months is a moment of Lord Brahma. I'm just laughing in one sense because I remember when Raghunath was on Joe Rogan. <laughs> Joe Rogan he's, was trying to get him to explain some of these things. <laughs> and, in, and in that type of that type of short interview, even though it was several hours, it would be pretty difficult. <laughs> so Raghunath avoided it. But we have our answers. There are so many things that are mystical. And mystical means it's just laws that we're not aware of. It's not, that's all. I thought, and I actually, my friend Brahmatirtha Prabhu is the uh, head of the uh, Bhaktivedanta Institute. I told them they should do something to prove scientifically astrology. You take an extremely wealthy person, you take nine ordinary persons, take the charts of each or, or some extraordinary quality and, and ordinary, you take the charts of each, and then the astrologer doesn't know. You get five or six astrologers and see if they can point out the rich person. I'm sure if Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates or someone has fabulous money, they would they would be able to say this is the person or, or beauty or some something. It would scientifically prove, and what would scientifically prove that there's a force that moves the universe toward and, and, and that there's a force that's moving the universe around us to give us certain uh, karma. It's quite mystical. It's it's it can it can scientifically been proven. It, it definitely scientifically can be proven that there's a, a force in the universe that because it I used to do this seminar called uh, the yoga of karma or something, and I used to because I no one knew me in the West when I first came back from India about 25 years ago. So I would offer a free astrological reading and I work with one of my, a person that I was working with that would basically do it for a small donation. And I'd walk into an, a studio and I I have their charts before and I say, who is this? And then I'd start reading their lives. So I said, this was known at your birth. So what's the force that's moving it to give you those experiences? What is that force? What is its purpose? 
And how do you react to get the benefit of that purpose? So these are astounding things, but we can prove that there are phenomena, that there's phenomena that's beyond one's scientific understanding. It doesn't mean that it's not scientific. Lokanam lokapalanam api shrashta dikarita palaka karma falado ratrao samhara kashchasa. He is the creator of the planets and the rulers. He assigns them. He is the world's chief protector, the dispenser of the fruits of karma. And at the onset of his night, the destroyer of the world. During his night, when he takes rest, is a partial devastation. Of course, this is describing his power, but his power is coming by the mercy of Krishna. It's coming by the mercy of Krishna, his power. And he's attracted that type of mercy by his piety. Lord Brahma has done the impossible task of performed duties within Vaan Ashram Dharma for 100 births, for 100 births perfectly. 100 births perfectly, without any mistake. And he accrues so much karma and so much power that he gets the job and how that dear that must be to Krishna, he gets the job of administrating on behalf of Krishna, the universe, which Krishna wants, which Krishna manifests to give us boga and moksha. And boga is meant for moksha because boga is supposed to frustrate us with boga. The whole universe is boga and moksha. So how entrusted, just like Prabhupada, you know, certain people took responsibility for Prabhupada. And even though they made many mistakes, they're eternally benefited. You know, I knew Harikesh Maharaj before he was a devotee. And somehow or other, he did so much service, spreading Krishna consciousness, printing so much books. You know, and then he broke down and he distanced himself. But how pleasing that must have been. And neha bikramanasho sti pratyavayo navidyate svalpam apyasya dharma A little endeavor, it's eternal. It goes in your soul. So what's a speak of Brahma? And the dispenser of the fruits of karma? Can you imagine his engineering feats that he's moving the world around? So what my past deeds will project to someone else to give them their fruits of the karma, good or bad. And that will be connected with someone else. It's so complicated. It's the proof of God, actually, how karma moves. And, and that's Lord Brahma's engineering genius. He's born from the, uh, uh, the, uh, from the, he's the son of God. 
He's born from the navel of Vishnu. He's a soul that gets that position, Adi Kaveye, the original intellect of this universe. And then he doesn't know where he was, but within that stem coming from Maha Vishnu is all the, the ingredients of the universe. And Brahma organizes it into the 14 planetary systems and has this incredible, because he's the most intelligent human being. He creates this, this, this plan. And but he doesn't, he's not going to take credit for it either. Why? Because because God is in his heart. And prakriti kriyamanani gunai karmani. And the modes of nature are working beyond his control. He's not the doer. But we can glorify that person for their piety to surrender to God and be able to be used as an instrument for God. That's against the ego. Our ego doesn't move, want to move according to God's will. And that person who will put himself in the position of surrender to Guru and Krishna and moving according to God's will, that's something special. But the person won't take any credit. I'm just the instrument. He's just seeing God moving him in wonderful ways. So he doesn't take credit for it. But we can see. We can see that person's soul, that person's heart. Sahasra Shirsha Yaloke Samahapusha Sputam Bunjano Yagyabago Gum Vasatyananda Dasada The Mahapurush The thousand headed form of the Lord is always directly visible on Brahma's planet, personally accepting the countless oblations offered him, and thus always giving delight to the devotees. Ananda da, he gives Ananda. Sada, always, he gives delight. So Lord Brahma came from Vishnu, and now Vishnu is on his planet accepting his service. So it just shows you that the greater mercy and the higher pleasure is not being the controller. It's serving one who is. It's bhakti and devotion. So Brahma says he protects the universe from chaos by establishing Vedic sacrifice and the social laws for individual classes of human beings. Living together with Brahmana's planet is the incarnation of the Supreme Lord called Maha Purush. He is a thousand-headed first incarnation. Mahavishnu is further expansion is Garbha Dakshaya Vishnu. So Mahavishnu or Karana Dakshaya Vishnu, he supplies the whole the elements of the universe. Garba Dakashai Vishnu empowers Lord Brahma to assemble those elements, including people's karma. Karma is the collective false ego of the, of the living entities is called the Mahatattva, the material source 
the Mahat Tattva, the material source is the collective false egos of those living entities who haven't gotten out of the world. And then it manifests, and then the world has to move to purify those people. Prabhupada said it's the Vedic adventure is God breathes out and all these universes come out. <laughs> and that, that long life of Brahma is only an exhalation and inhalation of, of Vishnu. And within that time, the living entity has to catch the truth. I love that, catch the truth. And then Shuradakashai Vishnu, the third Vishnu, he enters into every atom and, and directs the living entities. I could give you thousands of other reasons why Brahma is the real object of Sri Krishna's mercy. What more needs to be said, he is in fact Krishna himself because he's a guna avatar. You know this, since it's proclaimed in both Shruti and Smriti. You must also be familiar, my Lord, with other aspects of Brahma's greatness and the greatness of the residents of his planet. Sri Prikhet said this, having heard these words from Indra, godly Narada replied, well said, well said. And then he goes to Brahma's planet. So I think that's how we're going to uh, cover it, basically. We'll cover a section of the devotee glorifying the next devotee. Then we'll have a section of what that devotee sees. And then maybe something how he responds. And that way we'll be able to go through. I'm, I'm leaving on Monday. I'll, I'll speak to Rati Krishna. I probably won't be able to give class this Sunday because it's it's during the retreat and Jai Jagannath's giving class. And I also want to attend all the classes myself. So um, probably won't be able to give. And that's very rare for me. You know that. And then in Vrindavan, it'll be the afternoon or evening there. I'll, I'll resume the classes on Wednesday and Sunday gladly. Uh, I also myself attended a Kinshina Krishna's class on uh, yesterday afternoon for those people who couldn't attend the first. It was wonderful. So if you haven't got a chance to take it this time, you may want to try it the next time. It's really a wonderful meditation and skill, what he's doing. Okay, Jamunajaya, some reflection today? Hare Krishna Raj, thank you for class. Um, yeah, there's, I'm really loving this appreciation of Lord Indra and Lord Brahma and you, how you're pointing out that the, the second offense we often, I, I know that I hear as to take the demigods as equal, but then you're making the point of not as separate also, because I feel like Lord Brahma gets a lot of bashing because he makes that mistake, which was a biggie, but, but especially when you're. Brahma especially when you're a devotee and you're a new devotee and you come and I'm walking in Vrindavan and I see these other temples as Lord Shiva and all that. And it's like the enemy and Durga, what Maya they're in. And we are the, the real people of God. And <laughs> oh, Okay. Thank you. And we'll see you this weekend. Yes, Raj, I will. I'm looking forward to it so much to be back at Pumpkin Hollow. I love it there. But we're taking you out of the rain.
Yes, Mars. Thank you so much. We're not going to let you be in the rain. Okay. Anybody else? Say hello. Share a, re a, re a reflection on the class. Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Gail, yeah. yes. Yeah, I'm so, I was just thinking about, um, remember when you were saying that we experience Krishna's empowerment in our own lives, like when you were talking about your Monday morning greetings, you know? Yeah. But, but we don't see other devotees like that. We see other devotees that they're doing it. But I don't think that, I think what you meant, right, is that we see them, as you said in the latter part of your lecture, that we see I that they are that. surrendering as Krishna's instrument. Not that, not that we see them as the doer rather than Krishna, right? Not exactly, but at the same sense, we appreciate how Krishna is empowering them and how they've surrendered. So we don't. We, for ourselves, we make that distinction. It's 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 all you know. It's Krishna empowered me, and I'm I'm not doing anything. But I think when a devotee looks from the heart, and he sees people doing wonderful service, and sees that people are empowered in different ways, I don't think we we make such eff, extra effort to intellectualize it that they're not actually doing it, and it's actually Krishna doing it. We're seeing. We can always go to the intellectual platform and, and, and reduce everything, but we don't always have to be on that platform. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I guess I'm grappling with, you know. You grapple with If you know it's true, it's like, you know, why make the effort to like, you know, kind of deny it. You know, uh, you remind me of one godbrother who was very intellectual, and he had a nightmare that he was wrestling with Rupa Goswami over I one point. This was coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, Mahesh. Okay, yeah. A anybody else say hello? I see the list. It's so great. I see all the people that are here, so I know you're here, but if anybody like to say hello, it's always fine. I one of my styles is kind of keeping the sense of community in that way. Anybody else like to say hello? Hey, Christian Garage. And Broja, thank you for class. Broja, we'll see you this weekend. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> I know we gave you the air conditioned room. You know that. Oh, nice. Thank you. <laughs> well, you, you know that the ladies want to be in that carriage house. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Those rooms are really nice, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, can't wait. <laughs> okay. Can't wait to see everybody. Okay. Anybody else like to say hello? Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj, Thank you for the class. Beautiful voice from your country that I love <laughs> so much. How are you both? <laughs> okay. Anybody else say hello? Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. Okay. Tota, Haribo. Who else is Hare there? Haribo. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj, Nityangi is here. Nityangi, thank you so yes. much. Yes, thank my you class. so much, Maharaj. Thank you so I'll much. Meet you in Braj soon, I'm sure. Anybody else? Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj, Hari Bol, Hare Krishna. Thank you so much for your class.
Hey, how are you? Nice to see you after so many years. Great. Yes, thank you. Also from that wonderful country. Nice. Yes, thank you. Look great. You look shaved up and so bright. That's so nice. <laughs> yes. Okay. Wonderful. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Aras is here. Thank you for Hello. the class. Haribo. Haribo. We'll also hope to see you in the future in Braj. Okay. Anybody else? Hare Krishna. This is Krishna Amrita. Thank you so much. I loved uh, when you said that uh, it's not pleasure, it's not the greatest pleasure to be the controller, but to serve him. Thank you. Right. Okay. Haribo. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj. This is Ksenia. Moscow. Thank you for class. <laughs> Are you going to visit us in India? Yes, I've already bought tickets. When, so when are you coming? Uh, in the end of October. And you have a place to stay? Uh, I'm thinking about Raja Mandala. So maybe... I, oh, I oh, okay. <laughs> Raja Mandala. Okay, but I will see you. Okay. So mm -hmm. intelligent to always go to Braj. Every year. That's nice. Good. Anybody else say hello? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Narayana here from Narayana, Switzerland. What a nice surprise. Yeah. Are you you're from Switzerland? Yes, I'm back in Switzerland. Okay. We'll see you soon. I know that because that's yeah. your nature. I know. <laughs> Looking forward. Hare Krishna. Thank you Thank very you much. Thank you so much. Good. Anybody else say hello? Okay. Um, Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Hi. Let's Thank see. you very much. Thank you. Okay. Hare Krishna. I'm headed out now. Vanshakalpa Turubhya.